Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we're doing a bonus episode of Virtual Legality today live. So hopefully you're able to come in and check out the comments and otherwise join us here to talk about what I think is a pretty interesting issue. Uh, but otherwise, please do pardon a bit of my sipping of, of water or, or otherwise, because I have already done a virtual legality episode today. I think it cleared 45 minutes, a little editing, a little day job, law work, a few conference calls. And so I may need to take a, a few minutes uh, on pause to actually uh, discuss what's going to happen. And I see here in the comments, we already have an echo. As best I can tell, the echo primarily happens when I've got a... Uh, another person in the household otherwise streaming or using my service and Google or YouTube or OBS or someone else doesn't like it. Uh, so I apologize for that as well in advance. Usually I'll try to do this on my own separate uh, connection that maybe sounds a little bit better. So all of those apologies out of the way. I want to talk about this story because it popped up about an hour ago uh, and it was a reflection of what CEO of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney, had been saying in Las Vegas at the DICE Summit. And now I've got here highlighted the IGN description of this. This is really what I want to complain about because I just think it ignores exactly what Tim Sweeney said or what he was even trying to say, even within its own kind of uh, article. But before we get to that, it says... Epic Games boss says all politics should be removed from game companies, which is an absolute, complete fabrication of what was said. I want to talk about the overall nature of the speech, because the first article that came out about this was from The Hollywood Reporter, and it described it as follows. Fortnite CEO takes aim at Google and Facebook for loss of privacy and freedom. And I saw this a couple hours ago, actually. It hit my feed from a couple of people that I follow that follow the industry from a streaming perspective, a lot of good folks talking about things from a tech perspective. And ultimately, a lot of the comments on this were, why was he attacking Facebook and Google? What was he trying to achieve? And, you know, he's the CEO of Epic. And Epic is in a good spot. Epic makes a lot of money from Fortnite. That money helped them to launch the Epic Games Store. They have tried to kind of seize on getting some of the profits that Valve has so far partitioned to itself in Steam. And at the same time, they're also trying to get some of the profits that some of the more even closed gardens are, are keeping to themselves, like the apples of the world. They tried to launch Fortnite in a way that went around the Google Play Store, I believe. And they are trying to get at that 30%. They are trying to make money for themselves. A lot of what is said here is uh, self selfish, is self-facing. For Epic, that doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it anything but interesting, really. However, you know, he's a CEO in the games industry, and IGN is one of the biggest, most well-founded, sought-after sites for video game news, and I really think they need to do better at making sure that what they are claiming isn't, in fact, uh, false, right? IGN had a little bit of an issue last year about some things that maybe were said in their reviews that maybe weren't quite original work from some of their authors. And I really do like IGN. I've liked IGN for a long time. But this made me upset enough that I thought we should talk about what he actually said. So let's start with the Hollywood Reporter article. It gives a more holistic view of this speech. Tim Sweeney delivered the keynote speech at the DICE Summit in Las Vegas, where he gave his thoughts on the future of the games industry and warned against customer adversarial business practices. Tim Sweeney, CEO and co-founder of Fortnite maker Epic Games, took the stage at the DICE Summit in Las Vegas on Wednesday to discuss video games' growing status as a social media platform. 
Over the years, we've seen a lot of precedents announced as ground rules of industry. We need to step back and take stock of them, Sweeney told the crowd. Over the next decade, we'll see the continuing trend of gaming becoming first-class social activity. Games are as much a communication platform as an entertainment experience. Now, if you've followed Fortnite at all, if you followed what Fortnite does, how their marketing arm at Epic works, you know that that is very Fortnite-focused. That's a Fortnite-focused sentiment. They have created what they call, or what is somewhat framed as by folks, the metaverse of Fortnite, where it is an actual space where you can go and coordinate with friends regardless of whether you're trying to shoot each other or not. And you can launch things like this trailer for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. You can have Thanos appear. You can advertise your products in Fortnite as its own space. And so, of course, Tim Sweeney thinks that's great. That's going to be the future of games. Fortnite is the future of games. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with espousing for your company here. But it doesn't necessarily make him right. It makes him interesting. And that's why this article was made. That's why he was asked to give this speech. As a result, Sweeney said that games have become major platforms for discourse, whether we like it or not. As an industry, we will have special responsibilities we'll have to take very seriously. Sweeney also noted that games are becoming an economy of their own, with examples such as Minecraft and Fortnite. Though player spending in Fortnite was down in 2019 from its record in 2018 of $2.4 still made $1.8 last year, topping all other titles. Another feature that Sweeney sees as the future of gaming is cross-play. What we all want and need to accept is equal access to all customers and give up our attempts to create our private wall guard or private monopoly. In Fortnite, the player who spends with friends plays for twice as long and spends more money. Cross-platform is the future, and we all have to do our part. Again, he owns Fortnite, right? He wants to put Fortnite on everything from toaster ovens to Apple uh, iPhones and watches to Google and Android and everything else. None of this should be surprising so far. But we haven't quite turned to where IGN got its, uh, its bristles up. Turning to the bad and the ugly aspects of the industry, Sweeney noted the customer adversarial model. We have businesses that profit by doing their customers harm. Facebook and Google have been one of the leaders in this. They provide free services that make you pay for their service in the loss of privacy and loss of freedom. Okay, so we're going to take a step back on this particular point just because I personally find it interesting. It's a bit adjacent to the overall politics point that I want to discuss. Obviously, if you're familiar with virtual reality, if you're familiar with what we do here, we've talked a lot about Google. We've talked a lot about Facebook. We've talked a lot about how they haven't helped their creators necessarily in the, in the case of Google and YouTube and COPPA and everything else. We've talked a lot about how Facebook's terms and conditions are Byzantine and opaque and allow them a great deal of power to do what they want with their content creators and how they've used data and various little technical loopholes in the permission that you have given to that service to use it for their own ends. That's all true. But this framing from Tim Sweeney is a little bit disingenuous, right? He starts off by saying they do their customers harm. They can. They do monetize your privacy. They do monetize your data. But, you know, is that harm distinct from Fortnite asking for $20 for a skin? That's money out of your pocket. So when Google says we give you these services for free in terms of money, I think everybody now is sophisticated enough to know they don't mean free in terms of you don't give them anything. You've given them certain permissions to your data, to your collated data or otherwise, that they can use to hopefully make their company profitable. And yes, does that harm you? Yes, it absolutely does. And so far as the same way it harms you to take $20 out of your pocket. But I don't know that it's fair to necessarily characterize Google that way. 
it isn't fair to characterize Facebook that way. It certainly wouldn't be fair at all if everyone were fully 100% cognizant of what it is that those companies ask their customers to give up. And I do think there is a, a gray area there. I do think that there is a, a hole in the understanding of folks. Uh, generally speaking, everybody should be taught, everybody should learn, everybody should metabolize that there's no such thing as a free lunch, that these companies can't exist at their size if they're not monetizing something. And so you should be aware when you get a free service that it's going to be used for something. Um, but do they, do they do harm? I think that's a little bit strong. But again, think about the tilt that Tim Sweeney has here. He's trying to break into Google. He's trying to get more access to those walled gardens to put Fortnite on them to have Epic Games Store be a competitor to them. He wants to break down that competition. Nothing wrong with that, but that's the tilt that he has. Sweeney said it was critical to move away from adversarial models for the games and tech industry at large, stressing the need for mobile platforms to open up for publishers, of which Epic Games is of course one, to freely put their products on their marketplace. Sweeney said his company had tested the current system by submitting Fortnite to the Google Play Store, where it was rejected because it used a different payment method than was supported. Right, because that's how Google makes its money through that service. So he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth here in saying, oh yeah, we want to be able to use Google's infrastructure and access and marketing, but we don't want to pay them their cut, which maybe is too much. You won't hear me saying 30% and 70% was handed down by God. I like that Epic Game Store has set up on this 88-12 model, but it doesn't mean that Tim Sweeney should necessarily get access to Google Play or iOS or anywhere else. He's speaking in his own interest and in his company's interest, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here's where the rubber hits the road, and here's the part of the speech where IGN really, really jumped on. Speaking specifically of the video game industry, Sweeney criticized pay-to-win and loot box business models in games. We have to ask ourselves as an industry what we want to be when we grow up. Do we want to be like Las Vegas, where he's speaking, which is somewhat ironic, with slot machines, or do we want to be widely respected as creators of products that customers can trust? I think we will see more and more publishers move away from loot boxes. He then uses that to dovetail into this discussion of politics. We should get the marketing departments out of politics, he said. We live in a world where your political affiliation determines what chicken restaurant you go to. There's no reason to drag divisive topics like that into gaming. We need to create a very clear separation between church and state. Employees, customers, and everyone else should be able to express themselves, said Sweeney. We as companies need to divorce ourselves from politics. Platforms should be neutral. Now, you just heard me go through his entire speech and disagree with large sections of it, tell you about the tilt that he has, tell you about what his reason for saying statement X or statement Y is. So that doesn't change here. He still has the reasons for saying this because he wants to advocate for Epic to have that high lofty ground of being a neutral party and the others that kind of dive into the muck of politics with their company name should be looked down upon and Epic will be better and superior and it will sit in a better stead than those companies that do that, right? But just because he has that tilt, just because I could potentially agree or disagree with it, doesn't mean you should mischaracterize what he is saying here. The primary thrust of his argument is you shouldn't market your game company through politics. And we've seen instances of that, right? We saw, for whatever reason, Bethesda decide to market their latest Wolfenstein game, or at least the one before uh, the, the co-op one in the 80s, uh, with all sorts of talk about 
getting the Nazis out of America, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, with various kind of references to whatever the political situation in the modern world is. We've seen marketing departments do that. Uh, obviously, that's not the only example. But what he is saying is they shouldn't do that. That at a company level, your goal is, as a fiduciary of your investors' money, to make that money grow as much as possible and alienating large sections of the user base is maybe not a great idea. That's what he's saying. You don't have to agree with that. I want you to note that as you're listening to this in virtual legality, you don't have to agree with his thesis here. You can advocate for the opposite if you want, and which I think IGN actually does, as we're going to see. But that doesn't mean that he said something that he didn't. And when I talk about lies and games and politics and journalistic malpractice, you can make your point without lying about what your opponent said. In fact, you should, because otherwise you've got me yelling about it on virtual legality, sounding sassy, not as not as calm or as clear-minded as I would like to be because it makes me upset. I can read these things, but most people are going to look at the tweet that you make with the headline that says, Epic Games Boss says all politics should be removed from game companies. They're going to say, huh, they're going to write an angry post in Reset Era about it. It's all going to pile on. Then it's going to be followed up by the Reddit thread. And then sooner or later, we have these notions, ephemeral, underneath it all, that Epic and Tim Sweeney somehow think that all politics needs to be killed. But that's not what he said. If we want to be angry at the guy, let's be angry at the guy for the things that he actually said. He said a lot of provocative stuff. I would love to have a virtual legality episode that just talks about him saying provocative things about Google and about Apple and about what a walled garden is and what the future of the industry should look like. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll do another episode of virtual legality where I actually talk more specifically about the substance of that. But for right now, what I want to talk about is this. IGN's claim that Epic Games boss says all politics should be removed from game companies. Now, they have a few more quotes in this article. So I think they're worthy of looking at, of going down the line and, you know, either taking at their face or otherwise eviscerating, as is our want. But let's take a look at what they said and how this article is actually written, because it gives away the game at the front, right? Now, unfortunately, we don't have access to the full speech here, or else maybe I'd parse that whole darn thing. But here we go. During his keynote talk at the annual DICE Summit, Epic Games founder and CEO Tim Sweeney argued to keep politics out of gaming and away from developers. So that's your first framing issue, right? Him saying keeping politics out of gaming, maybe from what we've seen so far, away from developers, we haven't seen that introduced. We saw him directly reference marketing departments. And marketing departments, we can get into a whole description and a discussion about what's gatekeeping and our marketers, developers... That's fine. This actual sentence reads as talking about the people that develop the game, make the game, make the content of the game rather than market the game. And so that's what I'm going to treat it as, not trying to gatekeep. Marketers are very important people, very necessary for any successful business to function, but they aren't putting the content into the video game. It says, keep politics out of gaming and away from developers so that marketers, as distinct from developers, can sell games from a neutral ground. In a talk that covered everything from loot boxes to cross-platform play, as we talked about from the Hollywood Reporter article, Sweeney ended his keynote by addressing discourse in gaming and specifically involving politics. Now, we got to dive in here. Tim began his talk. One assumes they mean he began his talk about discourse, the end of his overall talk, by discussing the 1960 Harper Lee novel To Kill a Mockingbird and how art, like games, can serve as a discussion piece from politics. If you think back to 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 Kill a Mockingbird and the impact that had on people's views in the time, 
I think that's a genuine outlet for games. It really makes people think about things. Hold the phone. Pause. Pause your article. I've got a headline here that says, Epic Boss says all politics should be removed from games. And then the very first quote that you put in your article is, if you think back to A Kill a Mockingbird and its impact on people's views, I think that's a genuine outlet for games. I think games can perform that service. What are you talking about, IGN? You're about to make a thesis and you killed your thesis before it started in the second or I guess third paragraph, if we're going to give that kind of isolated sentence a paragraph standing, third paragraph of your article with the first quote that you give from Epic Games Boss. So anyone reading the actual article says, okay, that's interesting. He says it's a place for games. How are you going to get from there to here? I'm interested, IGN. I, I want to see exactly, exactly what kind of place you spin. Sweeney then changed lanes from the idea of games as a political medium. medium. Oh, okay. Wait, Wait what? what? So, so now you're paraphrasing. Now you, now you just describe it differently. You're not giving me full quotes anymore. You say he changed lanes after that sentence where he says it's a genuine outlet for games. And you say he changed lanes from talking about it as a political medium and instead talked about the need for a separation of church and state model between politics and gaming companies. Sweeney argued that game companies should get the marketing departments out of politics, which we saw. We actually saw the context of that quote. Uh, are you kidding me, IGN? Right? You can't put a quote like that in full. And I guess to their credit, they did put it in full. Because if I were IGN and this was my thesis and I were the editor or otherwise, I'd say, what is this quote even doing? How does this help your article? How does this help your thesis of what he said? Now, it's good that they actually put this in here because that's apparently what CEO Sweeney actually said in his speech. But as we look at this, you just have then a paraphrase that says, oh, but he, he switched lanes. Maybe, just maybe, I'm just spitballing here. Maybe the next sentence or the next thought in his prepared speech was a reflection of or an evolution from that original statement that said games can have political messages but, but we, we need to not market our companies as political ones, right? Disney can put out a movie that says XYZ corporate policy is bad. It doesn't make Disney political because they might have the exact opposite message in the next movie. Disney's is pretty good at this kind of stuff. The company itself needs to be above that fray. If you're familiar with Ubisoft's work and you have seen Assassin's Creed intros for the last 10 years now, you know that they've had an ever-morphing kind of disclaimer at the beginning of the games they make that says, basically, hey, we're going to touch on some religious stuff here. We got some Christians versus Islam. We got Templars. We got Assassins. We got all this stuff. Just so you know, our employees come from all different kinds of faiths, different political beliefs. I think they added genders and things in the, in the most recent versions of the dis disclaimer. We have all these different types of people that work for a company because any group of a thousand human beings will. And yet we are going to tell this story because we think it's a good one to tell. And maybe the story is political. And maybe half the team wouldn't agree with the politics of that story. But that doesn't make our company political. It makes the story we want to tell political. And by the way, if we're doing our jobs right... It's not the kind of politics that is superficial and that you can apply on a one-to-one -one basis to everything that's happening in 2017, 18, 19, or 20. It's something that is hopefully generally applicable to the human experience and that you can take something from and apply it to your life, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a socialist, or whatever. That's the goal. Not neutrality in the sense of we never say anything at all. That's boring. But neutrality in the sense that the company doesn't commit to a specific line because the company is a fictional legal entity and the people within it 
have ideas and thoughts and dreams and hopes. And those are often different. And some days we're going to let team A run the thing. And that's going to sound pretty conservative. And some days we're going to let team B run the thing. And that's going to sound maybe pretty liberal. But if we do our jobs right, we're telling you good stories. And maybe you roll your eyes once or twice when we hit a particular point that you don't like. But you're invested in a story and in characters that maybe don't share your worldview. But that we are telling a compelling story with. That's the idea. That's video games in the absence of politics. Not the absence of telling political stories, but the absence of being political as an industry or as a company within that industry. And that's something that I stand behind, okay? I don't mind whether you're Republican, Democrat, Socialist, whatever you are, Libertarian, I'm, I'm out of these things. If you got more political uh, classifications, put them in the comments or, or put them in the chat here. Uh, but I don't care about that. And as a matter of fact, I've liked plenty of games that don't match my political philosophies and I think are relatively silly on their face with whatever politics they espouse. But if they tell their, if they tell their story well, then I'm going to like that game. That's what this is about. And so I don't buy your paraphrasing IGN. I don't buy that he actually switched lanes to talk about exactly the opposite of what he just said according to your description of the speech. I think that he was putting the next thought from that original thought. Hey, we can tell political stories, but we can't just be political entities. That alienates our audience, that makes people uncomfortable. It doesn't help us make the best stories possible. And that's that's my guess at what the thrust of this was. But we've got a lot of more article to hit here, right? That headline didn't write itself. IGN got here somewhere. And even though I'm losing my voice a little bit and I apologize for it, we've got a little bit more to do. There's a precedent in the industry to downplay the political nature of games in favor of marketability. For example, how Ubisoft continuously downplays or denies any politics within its games that cover everything from religious cults to paramilitary operations. Technically, that's not really an everything from two. That's that's the one game uh, where you're, you're essentially a paramilitary force that fights a religious cult. That's Far Cry 5. And I would I would beg anyone to really pin down the politics of Far Cry 5. It's ostensibly kind of anti-cultishness, but the cult is actually real and, and has a legitimate philosophy and maybe anti-guns, except you gun down a lot of people. Uh, it's If there's a political message in Far Cry 5, it's so muddled as to be the point of irrelevance. Um, and I think that's often really honestly how video games go. Those aren't the best video games. Far Cry 5 is not the best video game. It's a lot of fun to run around and shoot a bear but it's not the best video game. And so, you know, these sites like IGN or what have you want Ubisoft to make these political statements, want to market their games on that basis. And Ubisoft is like, nah, look, we're French. We put some stuff in Montana. We have these overall kind of uh, superficial looks at Americana and American life. We're, we're not going to claim to be political geniuses on that kind of stuff. So here, fight a bear. Here's a flamethrower. Have fun. We make video games. Though not referencing those or any other cases where news and cultural sentiment has integrated within games directly, Sweeney instead argued for the removal of politics altogether. Did he? Maybe they're setting up his next quote. Maybe that's what they're talking about. The world is really screwed up right now. Okay. Right now, our political orientations determine which fast food chicken restaurant you go to alluding to Chick-fil-A's political affiliations and the cultural response to it. Some people boycott it because I believe the Chick-fil-A founders donate to some uh, maybe anti-LGB community folks, I, I think. 
Uh, I don't know that fully. I, I don't really eat Chick-fil-A. I don't think there are any around in Southeast Michigan. Maybe, maybe there are. Uh, but that Sweeney is saying that political orientations determine which chicken you eat, and that's really dumb. There's no reason to drag divisive topics like that into gaming at all. It's interesting that that's the, the reference he makes, and it's interesting that IGN objects to that reference so much because essentially what he's saying there is that the Chick-fil-A founders or the people that are associated with that company are wrong to have publicized whatever donations they made to invariably politicize their company. Uh, and so the video game industry should avoid that, that you should avoid making those kinds of political stances known outside of your game, by the way. Making chicken isn't a political thing. It isn't a story told. So it's a little bit distinct from game companies on the whole. But Chick-fil-A having this connection to something that half the audience in the United States doesn't like has impacted has impacted their business. Maybe positively, maybe negatively. I actually don't know where that wound up. Because of the culture wars, presumably they also got some booing from people that like what Chick-fil-A did. But Tim Sweeney says, let's not get into that fight at all. Let's not have the companies be political. Note that he's not talking about the stories of the games that the companies make. He argued that a company or business should be operating as neutral venues for entertainment and employees, customers, everybody else can hold their own views and not be judged by us for that. Again, remember that these quotes are popping up based on the premise that Sweeney instead argued for the removal of politics altogether. Still haven't gotten there. A company is a group of people who get together to accomplish a mission that is larger than what any one person can do. Roughly correct. Companies a kind of safe for money that is kind of dedicated to that, but it works for this purpose. And a company's mission is a holy thing to it, right? Maybe. Some companies, some companies lose their mission. Epic's mission is to build great technology and great games. And we can count on every employee at Epic. We can even demand every employee at Epic unite behind that mission. They can fire people that aren't on Epic's train. Of course they can. That's what a company, that's what a company does. An employer asks you to do what it wants you to do, uh, what it wants it for you to do, and they can fire you if you don't do it. But every other matter, we have to respect their personal opinions, and they may differ from management's or each other's or whatever. Just like we said, you look at a company like Ubisoft, you look like at a company like Epic, there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people involved in that endeavor. No one person is going to agree in every aspect to the next person, let alone the person a thousand people down the line and in six countries separate from you. So that's the right way to run a company. You have to be cognizant of the fact that they're going to be different and sometimes strong political, religious, and other views that make up your company's personnel. And so what he's saying is as an industry, we need to not politicize the entity, not anything about the content of the games themselves. Sweeney then referenced controversy around political censorship from foreign countries on domestic companies, likely referencing the controversy around Hong Kong-based player Blitzchung's statement, speaking in favor of the pro-democracy movement in the region. Sweeney says a solution to preventing similar incidents is to get companies to divorce themselves from politics. Although Blizzard's attempted to force themselves from politics by insisting that its punishment of Blitzchung was apolitical, only further flamed criticism of the company. And for more on that, please do check out the Blizzard of Backlash series. I think it's about nine parts right now in virtual legality. We talk for about six hours on Blitzchung and on ver Blizzard's various attempts to get out from under the, the problems that they caused for themselves and how they could have handled it better. 
and maintained a legitimate kind of neutrality without jumping into all of this difficulty. That's kind of avoided here in the IGN article because they're making a point that Blizzard couldn't do it, so how, how can, can Epic and how can, can Tim Sweeney? The, the climate around politics in games has been charged for some time now, both internally, surrounding industry and business associations, as well as the content of the games themselves. Note that he is able to make the distinction here between the actual industry players and the content and stories of the games that they make. That is a distinction that he fails to make prior in the article. Tim Sweeney not once talks about the content of the games unless you assume that the To Kill a Mockingbird reference was that reference to content in games where he says it's a genuine goal for games to have. Even Epic Games has been accused of collaborating with the Chinese government through its business relationship with Tencent, something Sweeney has denied. But this highlights just how politics has become an everyday topic. That assumes your premise. You have decided to make this topic the topic of his speech, which as far as we can tell from the Hollywood Reporter speech, was the end of a much longer, much more far-ranging discussion. You've decided to make it your highlight, and then comment on the fact that politics dominates the discussion of video games. That assumes its premise, and it makes all of this more difficult for those of us that either just want to talk about games, or want to talk about what Tim Sweeney actually said. Sweeney admitted that these are tumultuous times, and there is no one answer to how people, customers, or developers should engage with politics and games. But it's clear from Sweeney's keynote that in the case of Epic's founder, there shouldn't be a connection between the two at all. That, hopefully, I proved, is absolutely ridiculous. He's talking about the industry. He's talking about the players. He says political messages are genuine, are a good thing for games to pursue. And then he says that the companies themselves shouldn't be political. And I do see the comments here. I do apologize for the echoing. As I said earlier, uh, I've got a few people on the uh, on the stream in the bandwidth pipe uh, at this particular location right now. So that tends to happen, I have found, uh, when that occurs. I hope it's not too bothersome, uh, but I do apologize for the echoing. I will see what I can do about it in the future. But overall, for this video, for this episode of Virtual Legality, the point is there is absolutely no reason to conflate what game companies are about and what the games themselves are about. Boss says all politics should be removed from game companies is inaccurate. If you think back to To Kill a Mockingbird and the impact that had on people's views in the time, I think that's a genuine outlet for games. Games can impact people's views. Games can change people's political minds. Games can speak to people about the real world in which they find themselves. Games can tell these stories as anyone that's watching virtual legality or that has enjoyed a video game in their lifetime knows is true. There can be stories that touch you, that can teach you things, that can tell you a little bit more about the world in which you find yourself. It doesn't mean that electronic arts suddenly has to back Bernie Sanders as a company. It doesn't mean that Activision suddenly finds itself saying how good the Trump policies and fiscal stimulus are and we should all at Activision be Republicans and Trumpians or what have you. It means that the companies as industry members, uh, as part of what most industries find themselves in, should be politically neutral as a whole. As a whole. Even when they're telling stories that can have a political bent. The Last of Us is going to have a political bent. 
doesn't mean it applies on a one-to-one basis to the political situation in 2020. It does mean that there are political messages that you're going to be very likely to take out of that. Same with Cyberpunk. Maybe the same with Final Fantasy VII Remake, for all I know. Hey, Final Fantasy VII back in 97 was about eco-terrorists and saving the Earth, or saving whatever that planet was called. But we digress. Politics can be fun. They can be good for video games. They can be good to tell stories. It doesn't mean that you have to be telling a political message of contemporary value. And it doesn't mean you have to make your company into a political actor. He references marketing. He references the companies. He references the operation of the industry, not the content of the games. And the one time that he does, he references the fact that he believes political messages are a genuine outlet for those games. So IGN, I'm sorry. This headline is ridiculous. I very much hope that you change it at some point in the future. Otherwise, people are definitely going to follow your tweets and look at that headline and think that that is what he said because a lot of people don't have the time. To their credit, they got jobs, they got lives, they got work to do to read all of this. And if they did, they would realize that even the article that you have written here belies the headline that you have chosen to put above it. This has been Virtual Legality for today. Thank you for everybody that's popped in to chat with me and to tell me that my voice is echoing on and off. I do appreciate it. I really do want to have the highest production value that I can as a kind of one-man YouTube operation here. So I appreciate folks telling me when something's working and when something's not working. Please do leave a comment uh, to these videos. I love to have discussions with you on the whole, and I very much appreciate you for popping in. This has been virtual legality if you caught it on youtube in the archive form or you're with me right now live thank you so much for watching and for checking it out i love talking with you and if you catch it in its podcast form when i manage to archive it and put it up in podcast form i thank you so much for listening hopefully the next 20 or 30 headlines that you read from ign or elsewhere are a little bit more truthful and i will catch you on the very next episode of virtual legality Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.